that was a blessing. I'm telling you. I'd be like, Ben, you just be picking some winners, bro. He'd be like, it's the Holy Spirit, man. I'm telling you. Just, I'm like, well, keep listening to the Holy Spirit, right? That is the key. Oh, man. Let's just pray real quick. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for being here this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for blessed worship team led by blessed man of God who is seeking you, um, filled with people who love you. Lord God, we just want your presence to be full in this place, evident in this place. Lord God, the songs that we sing from our heart, Lord God, are just to help us enter into your presence, knowing, expecting, listening. So, Lord God, we just ask and pray that you would speak today. Let us hear your voice. I just rebuke the enemy in any way, shape, or form. Lord God, have your way. Let your will be done. I pray that I would decrease and you would increase in me in this moment. We pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. We all said amen. So we have been talking about unity. And uh, I want to start today by, I want to start today by actually apologizing because it was brought to my attention that I made a statement that I believe was unclear. Um, it was a true statement, I believe. But I think that I could have given more clarity on the statement. The statement was this. Um, this church is not unified. <clears throat> and that's a strong statement to make. And I believe that statement is true. So what I'm apologizing for is that I did not make it more clear in what I meant by that statement. And some of you may be like, well, I mean, what else could you have meant by that statement? But what we know about unity is that unity, it's 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 really a, a very broad term, right? It's a broad statement. And I am coming to that understanding even more uh, as I go through this study, as I discuss it with other people. And I know what God laid on my heart. And sometimes when God lays something on your heart, he lays something on your heart that is far greater uh, than maybe you can comprehend or understand. Uh, and because he sees it from here and, you know, you're way down here, you don't really see it that well. I don't see it that great. And I realize that when I'm speaking about it, there may be some that see it even less than that, right? So when I make the statement, this church is not unified, what's we are unified on some things and i believe we celebrate those things 
that we are unified on. But then there are others that we are not. There are other things that we are not unified on. And when I preach a message like this, when I do a series like this and it's over and over and it's repetitive, sometimes it can be like, well, man, what, what are we missing? How don't we get this? Like, how are we not unified? And the only way to, in, in some opinions, the only way to get that is by me coming up here saying, well, this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. If you recall when I, a couple, day, a couple weeks ago when I kind of started this, I said that sometimes whenever people preach unity, it's usually from a negative uh, concept or, I don't know, perspective. Thank you. Thank you, John. And so, therefore, it's like, this is what you shouldn't do, and this is how it's wrong, and, and it just really feels like you're beating, getting beat up. And so I was like, man, I'm going to come into this from a different perspective, you know, this is what unity looks like, to be humble, to be this, to be that. And it's like, yeah, but you're telling us we're not humble, so what can we do to be humble? I mean, you know, you're telling us we're not unified, so what can we do to be unified? And I'm like, you could do this. And it's like, but that's not a specific. I need a specific. And that's how we are as human beings, right? We want a 12-step plan, you know. We want everything broken down into these steps, and I understand that. But sometimes, sometimes it's not, it's not quite that easy. So I continued, I had a discussion with, uh, actually at our, at our uh, gathering group, and the question was presented to me, what, what does unity look like to you? Uh, then it was rephrased, what about our church is not unified? So that question, that very specific question came up. And I was like, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go on the attack. I don't want to seem like I'm going on the attack of what we as a church is lacking. I would prefer just to be like, let's be unified. <laughs> on what, Pastor Dwayne? Gosh. Okay, okay. Um, so as I've been preaching this series, I've intended to hopefully share the scriptures and the desire is that we would hear these scriptures, we would hear these principles, and we would search ourselves for the characteristics of disunity. We would fix them or stop them from becoming more established in our lives through applying the scriptures. But still, I realize people are always going to want specifics. So this morning, I was given an idea. And I'm going to use the idea, but it won't be quite in the way 
the person exactly gave me the idea. I'm going to use the worship team. Now, we had an amazing time in worship. And just FYI, the person was Ryan, so thank him for this. <laughs> no, um, it, was, it was the worship team, and the example he gave was really great, but I was like, you know what? I feel like I can do, I feel like I can do that and bring even more clarity. So when you look at our worship team, they're all up here, and the idea is that they're going to all sing one song with one intention, right? To lead the people of God into worship. They all have different gifts. They're all using different instruments. But they're all headed in the same direction. So in all cases, they're unified. Or they should be, right? Because they're all playing the same song. And they're all like have one mind of what they're doing. Now, I can break this down, and there's plenty of different ways I could go with this. Ryan said, what if they're all up here, and they're not all playing the same song? They're all thinking about the same song, but they're not playing it. I've done that before. <laughs> Came up, got on the drums, and it's like, we're doing Jesus Loves Me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But truth be told, I was not remembering Jesus Loves Me. I was remembering Mary Had a Little Lamb, or not, that's the same song. See, look at me. I'm already messing up. Uh, I don't know, some other song. Like, I'm remembering this other song, so I start the beat out for the other song. And I'm like, mm, 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 mm. And they're like, I I've, done this, I've done this with Pastor Jeff. <laughs> and he was like, I wasn't sure where he was going, but I was like, well, you know, and then you fell in. Because as the music began to play, you know, I was like, wait. That's not the right beat. And I was like, okay, there we go. You know what I mean? Like, I had to let it settle in so that I could hear where I was going. So, in that instance, I was not unified with the team. I was thinking about the same song, right? We're playing this song by title. But in my mind, I was thinking about a completely different melody and rhythm. But I thought for sure I was unified. I, I just knew I was unified until I heard everybody else playing a different melody than what was in my head. Now, Pastor Jeff, in all his grace and love, he didn't, he was like, me, 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 He didn't do that. <laughs> he was just like, me, 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 me. Like, Dwayne will get it. Dwayne will get it. Dwayne will get it. And Dwayne got it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Over the past few weeks, I've been preaching a message, and I've been reading a scripture, and the scripture has said some things. Can I get those points? Be humble, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yes. 
being humble and gentle, being patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. In that story I just told you, PJ did this for me. He was patient with me. He was making room for my allowance. I mean, giving allowance for my faults. Wow. Uh, I'm not going to take the opportunity there. (laughs) And he made every effort to keep us unified by continuing to play that song. There are a thousand different ways he could have handled that. Again, he could have put me on spot and been like, hey, bro, you're off. And that, that would have been fine because I could handle that. But there's others, there are other people that cannot handle that. And that's where we have to be, we have to be mature, right, in Christ. Um, somebody else could have been like, you know, Kevin could have been over here like, man, man, what is wrong with this guy? We are on a level here and he's not on our level, right? Then he's not being humble, you know, he's not being gentle. That, you know what I'm saying? That's why I use Kevin. I was like, that's so Kevin. <laughs> Get on my level, bro. Let's go. But then he wouldn't have been being humble. And that's just one place. That's one area when we talk about being unified. But can I present to you another? Everybody on the stage has the right title. Everybody on the stage has the right melody. I'm going to pause right here and I'm going to take the opportunity to say that what I'm about to say could possibly step on some toes. All right? But you are up on this stage and I'm trusting and believing that you have reached a level of maturity that when the pastor says something that steps on your toes, you're going to be okay. That's that's what I'm hoping for here. Okay? <laughs> Um, everybody has the same title. Everybody is thinking of the same melody. And as they begin to play, something is not right. But we're all unified. We all are doing this to usher the people into the presence of God. We're all thinking of the same song. We've got the same title. We've got the same melody. We've got all of that. What are we missing? Why is it not gelling? Why are the people not entering into the presence of God? Now, Paul's, we're not talking about the people right in this moment, right? We've had discussions and I've preached on the people. Right now we're talking about us. What are we missing? Well, could it be we're not all unified on what it takes to do worship. What are you saying, Pastor Dwayne? Well, a couple weeks ago, I used my son. And I said, my son was coming up here on stage and he was playing the drums. And his version of being prepared was listening to the psalm at 10 p.m. before he went to bed. 
And I knew there was more in him than that. Whereas, um, I don't know if this is true. Haley is spending three or four hours. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> don't tell on yourself, Haley. I was making you look good. There you go. There you go. There you go. We've got, we got some training to do. I'm spending three or four hours playing her guitar, singing her songs. You know what I'm saying? Catch a tiger by your tongue. You know, the little tongue twisters. I mean, she's doing all of that, and she's really going ham. And so she hits the stage, and I mean, everything's flowing for her. But you couldn't even tell because it wasn't flowing everywhere else. We're more focused on, say, Elijah, who's playing a beat, but not necessarily the beat. And so what we find is, is that they weren't unified on what being prepared was. Unified can be a lot of different things. And if this worship team is not unified on the title of the song, the melody of the song, what the purpose and what they're doing is, and what it means to be prepared to do that, they're not unified. Small yet very important. I can take it even yet another place. Unified. Jeanne is leading a song, and the song is coming to a close, and she rips right back into it. But nobody else knew that she was going to do that. They are then ununified. Why? What can we do? How do we address this? How do we become more unified? I go back to these things. Because, as you see, where does unity start? It doesn't necessarily say this is what unity is. It says this is where it starts. So in order for us to address the fact that we're not unified and begin to work on that, we have to start here. We have to be humble and gentle when we let the team know that we are not unified on what it means to be prepared. Maybe we don't need three hours of practice but we might need to do more than get and listen to the song at 10 p.m. before Sunday morning. Maybe, maybe sometimes people forget and mix up a melody, and that's okay. We can do one of two things. We can be patient with them. We can make allowance for their fault. We can push on, or if they need, we can pause and say, hey, bro, 
it's all good. I think you might be off. I think you're thinking of a different song. I knew something was wrong, my bad. Could you just play the tune for me for a second? Have I done that before, PJ? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as, I'm gonna use me, as I begin to realize that Dwayne, though you may have practiced for 30 minutes to an hour, listened to the songs multiple times, came in thinking you were ready to play, your brain just still needs some help. You don't mean to be disunified. You don't mean to cause everyone else to be off. So what can you do? Pause right here. This is the self-introspection that I talked about when I first started, right? Looking, the intention of this message of unity, series of unity, is that we are, as Christians, looking inside, looking at ourselves, holding up a mirror, and tr not to be just critical for the sake of being critical, but for the sake of for the sake of of living up to our calling. I realize it would help, Dwayne, if you wrote down notes for every song. I have a note area in my phone where I have every song that we play written down and it's like swell, snare only, time only, multiple times. You know what I mean? Like I have a road map for every song so that when I sit down and I hear that music and I look at that paper, it all comes together and I'm like, got it. Does that mean I never mess up? It doesn't mean that. Does that mean that the team as a whole doesn't have flaw. No, it doesn't mean that. But that means that I am for sure now working toward unity with that team. Is everybody else doing the same thing? Maybe not. But maybe they don't need to. PJ doesn't need to have uh, that type of roadmap. But I know sometimes he still has a roadmap, right? Vocals. They don't need a roadmap. Sometimes they need to be able to hear the person next to them to know where they need to be at. What do I need to do to do that? Maybe I need to put in in-ears. Maybe I don't need to put in in-ears. That can be a thing. I gave you an example of what unity can look like. Now, as we continue to talk about unity, I need for us to individually apply it. Apply what? Apply the scriptures, right? I need us to apply the scriptures and the teaching that will happen here today to, 
to anything, to anything that could cause division or disunity within this church. Anything. Apply it to any and everything. And, and listen, I said individually, so that means you, your personal opinion. By your personal opinion, what could cause division in this church? There's going to be a lot of different thoughts. And what I'm saying to you is apply these scriptures and all of that to that thought. What could cause division in this church? This is a now message, but it is very much a future solution. If we do that, then what I believe will happen is, is we will allow the word to destroy any device, whether it's a thought, an issue, a problem, or an idea that does not line up with the word of God. and or bring clarity to us individually and as a church so that we can be unified. Again, a huge term. Words that I've heard over the last few days, very general, right? Broad. Murky, foggy. But if we start there, if we start with looking at unity and being a unified church, from the example that I gave, and I know everybody here is not on a praise and worship team, and you may not understand that. But if you've ever been on a team at all, there is unity at this level, right? The, the big goal. Then there's the goal under that. And then there's the goal under that. And it just, it really gets broken down all the way down to these minor little details. Like crumbs under the pew where you sit because you ate a donut. And you could have picked them up, but you didn't. What? Yes. See, we're not all unified on the fact that the sanctuary should be clean. And it's our responsibility to do that as a church. Yikes. I just said that. That was not. I hope that that. I hope that didn't. <laughs> See, I just got really, really, that, that's one of the really small details. And, and someone may say, well, how is that going to keep us from the big one, i.e., reaching the lost, 
seeing people saved? Well, buildings like this sometimes can have friends that we don't want. <laughs> the little gray ones, you know. And if one of those go flying across somebody's foot, I can guarantee you they're not coming back. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm being funny, but some weeks ago I preached a message and I talked about us, the body dating, not needing to be perfect, that it's okay to be messy but that doesn't mean we don't try to be better, right? I love to use the term uh, to be, you know, uh, how do I say it? I like to be reaching for excellence, right? In pursuit of, that's what I say. I like to be in pursuit of excellence, but I don't have to meet excellence. I have no expectation of that. What that means to me is this, especially talking about unity. If I want to get here, I have to be, I have to be pursuing that in, with, with the thought of, I have to be pursuing that big goal of reaching people while keeping in mind that there are small things that I can do to ensure an atmosphere for that, right? We like to say it in terms like love, very general and broad term. How do you love somebody? Well, I love my wife in a multitude of ways. Sometimes I'll hug her. Sometimes I'll kiss her, you know? Sometimes I'll, you know, I don't, I'll, I'll, calm down, calm down. <laughs> Sometimes I'll clean the house, Kelly said, or have my kids do it. Same thing. <laughs> she didn't do it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> But the point is, is that if we come in and we all have the same goal and we're unified in the fact that we desire to reach people for Christ. Yes, 100%. I have no doubt that we as the body Dayton, that's our desire. Our, we, we have these, we have mission statements or, or like, a, yeah, like a mission statement, vision statement across the thing out here as you come in the door, uh, action, authenticity, and acceptance. Man, I can never remember that last one. I'm just going to get that tattooed somewhere. So, I can, All right. And it's like, are we unified on that? Are we all unified on that? Oh, yeah, Pastor Dwayne, I'm 100% I'm, I'm on action, authenticity, and uh, acceptance. I almost lost it again. <laughs> but let me, is your definition of acceptance the same as mine? How about action? Is your definition of action the same as mine? 
I'm going to say no all the time, right? Not like not all the time. But here's the thing. Sometimes it doesn't need to be. Sometimes it doesn't need to be. Right? But sometimes it probably should be considered. Not everybody in here is called to be a pastor. But everybody in here is called to preach the gospel. Not everybody in here is called to, you know, work at pastoring a church. But everybody in here is called to make sure the church is people want to come to the church. And I say church, and I know that that is like here in the building, but what about individually? I started to talk about each one of us here going to the body Dayton, and when somebody asks you about that, do you represent as such? But let's go deeper than that. Because we're all Christians. Are we representing as such? Are we unified on what that looks like? Now, that's, that's one of those lofty ones, right? Are we all unified on what it looks like to be a Christian? That's one of those lofty ones. But the truth is, is there are some basics. There are some bare minimum basics, right? If I am a basketball player, what, what, is, what does that mean, really, to be a basketball player? You know, I was watching a video the other day, and there was two baskets, there was a bunch of guys, and there was a ball. And it, was, it happened really quick, you know, it was like play, and it was going. And I instantly knew what I was watching. I was watching basketball until a guy came up behind this dude, grabbed him, and suplexed him onto the ground. And I was like, okay, I got to go back to the drawing board on this one. I coach basketball, two baskets, basketball, suplex. That doesn't fit. Well, uh, so... What I realized was my definition of basketball was different from theirs. I can't be on that team. <laughs> because if somebody suplexed me, I'm going to be looking for the ref. Hello? Did you not just see that? You know what I'm saying? Like, he just fouled me. <laughs> I mean, that's an understatement, right? But that was part of the, that was part of the deal. And as I continue to watch, another dude came up, took his shirt off first, and then suplexed the guy. I was like, now they're just getting fancy with it. I'm like, wow. But the point is this. I have to, I have to understand, okay, that was basketball, but it was not the basketball that I know. And when you talk about unity... Are we all 
playing the same kind of basketball? We have to look at that, and we have to ask ourselves that question. And we might have to figure it out and work it out. So we have to go back to this. Because if we don't, we might come out with some bumps and bruises, possibly a bloody nose, you know, and never be able to come back together. Or if we are truly unified up here and then here and then here and then maybe not here, we might be able to go in, come out with some bumps and bruises and a bloody nose and hug and be like, all right, all right. We weren't here, but we are now. Let's go to the next level. And you could go either way, right? You could start here and go up. The point is, is there are different spaces, different thoughts, different ideas, and we have to figure out, are we unified as a church on these things as we move forward? Okay, so... The way we're going to test this is uh, next Saturday morning at 7 a.m., everybody's going to come to the church, and we're going to run through setup, practice. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> we're clearly not unified on that. <laughs> <laughs> er, what? <laughs> ben was like, all right, cool, whatever. You know what I mean? Chancey, Chancey's like, uh, I'm going to be there, I guess. I mean, the teens are like, Pastor Dwayne's lost it. John, get this guy. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, you will find out real quick if a church is unified, when you ask them to do something, you know, that is kind of serious. You know, we are approaching uh, the month of June. Or are we in it? No. Yeah. Approaching. Listen. Okay. We're approaching the month of June, and, and the month of June is... Uh, it's, it's Pride Month, right? And we're all going to go downtown and we're going to join the parade. We're all going to carry a, a flag with the rainbow. It's just we're going to put Noah's Ark in the middle of it. Is that okay? Are we, see, look. Now watch this. Watch this. As I was saying that, everybody's like, whoa, Pastor Dwayne. And when I said we're going to put the ark in front of it, then I got some more unity, right? Like we went from this level of unity to this level of unity. And then still some people were like, nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm just, that's a joke, right? Are we really going to do that? No. But like when I say we lack unity, I am talking about a number of different categories and places that I'm saying to you as a leader, let's explore these 
and let's get unified on these things or at least discuss so we know where we're not unified at. Because here's the thing. I could get up here and I could say, we are going to think this way. And immediately some people are going to be like, I'm out. Simply because I'm telling you how you're going to think. I don't want to tell you how to think. What I want to do is say, this is what the scripture says. Where, where do you lie? What's your understanding of that? Where do you lie? Like, where does that fit for you? Or, this is just really one of the basic, plain deals. Like, this is what it is. And you either have to be in on this or not. You know? Um, and that's where it gets sticky at. Because you're like, oh, I don't want to be the one to say that I'm not. I don't want to be the one looking at the person saying that they're not. And then you get like crazy, funky, weird words, very ugly words like church split. Words like that incite fear to a pastor. Absolute terror. And I understand that sometimes it's, it's like, okay, we need to look at this. Well, maybe we could look at this instead. That way we don't have to look at that. Sometimes if we look at this, we can avoid that. Like, it doesn't even have to become a discussion. And I know I just went from like zero to a thousand, right? I felt the, the whole mood in the room change. It was like I could cut it with a chainsaw. That's how thick it was. Right? And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do that, but I, I, we have to understand as a church that if we are not unified in areas, and I'm talking from the most minute detail to the big, broad concept of unity, we will end up fractioned, divided. Well, Pastor Wayne, how do you know that? Well, it's, it's in the scriptures. It's in the scriptures. So what does being humble look like? What does being gentle look like? Romans 12, chapter 3, it says, Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by faith, by the faith uh, that's, that's given us. There's a scripture for that. Being patient with each other. Um, in Hebrews chapter 10, right? In Hebrews chapter 10, 10 uh, verses 24 through 36, it says, um, or it talks about uh, what this looks like and why. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. 
and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Is it continue? No? I thought I put it up there. Did I not? It should be in, it should be in there. If you scroll down after part two, it's not there? Oh, it's okay. Okay. Being patient with each other, right? And I'm going to share that if, if they can find it. It's in the slides. I know you're looking. Chapter 10, verse uh, 24 through 36. <clears throat> I mean, you could just pull up chapter 10, period. That's fine. It's whatever. But it's right around. Is that it? Yes, 24 through 36. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging. Listen to that. We should be warning one another, urging each other, encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. For if we go on deliberately and willingly sinning after once acquiring the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice left to atone for our sins, no further offering to which to look forward. That goes on. Does it continue? Oh, did I say? I meant 36. I apologize. I'm slipping here. No, no, no. I did say 26 because I was looking at 24. Okay, so listen. That is an example of disunification. <laughs> like, we're not unified here. And that's not her fault. That's mine. Um, and watch this real quick. This is a moment where you can be absolutely critical with Pastor Wayne, and it's okay. How did that feel? How did that feel to you right now in this moment? Me standing there waiting for the scriptures, stumbling over my words, wondering, waiting, hoping she would get the scripture up there? Huh? Yeah, you know, you started to feel kind of... A, a little bit of anxiety, you know, you're like, oh, he's not got it together. He's not prepared. What were they doing? Is this Katie's fault? No, it's not. It's not Katie's fault. But when we start to see that, we want to point fingers, right? We want to, and, and there's distraction. If there's anybody here wanting to come to church, wanting to be a part of a church, wanting to, you know, begin to live a life, they're questioning it at this moment. Maybe this is not the place I want to be. And it was all because just a simple, it was a mis, like we know it to be just a mis, miscommunication. And I understand that those things will happen, but it's our job to work it, not letting them happen. That's Isaiah 26. 
oh, okay. I was going to say, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, I got you. I got you. There is nothing left for us then but a kind of awful and fearful prospect and expectation of divine judgment and the fury of burning wrath and indignation which will consume those who put themselves in opposition. Any person who has violated and thus rejected and set at naught the law of Moses is put to death without pity or mercy on evidence of two or three witnesses. Now, I want to pause. I'm going to bring this all back around. There's been disruptions and distraction, right? And that's, that's what the enemy wants to do, right? I was the one that did it, right? The miscommunication between me and Katie is what done it. But nonetheless, the result is what? You guys are lost, possibly. And maybe you're just that good and you're following wonderfully. But let's keep going. How much worse, sterner, and heavier punishment do you suppose he will be judged to deserve who has spurned and thus who decided to use this version? This is, I'm just, no. It's, it's trampled underfoot the Son of God and who has considered the covenant blood by which he was uh, consecrated, common, you know, keep going to the next one. For we know him who said, vengeance, now stick with me here. For we know who him who said, that's big H, God, vengeance is mine, retribution and the metting out of full justice rests with me. What he's saying there is, it's going to be me that is going to judge anyone that is out of order right? I will repay, I will exact the compensation, says the Lord, and again, the Lord will judge and determine and solve and settle the cause and the case of his people. It is a fearful, formidable, and terrible thing to incur the divine penalties and be cast into the hands of the living God. But be ever mindful of the days gone by in which after you were first spiritually enlightened. You endured a great and painful struggle. Now, I needed you to focus here because there's something happening. Okay? What it's saying, just to be clear, remember when you were the one in need of patience. Right? Sometimes being yourself a gazing stock publicly exposed to insult and abuse and distress and sometimes claiming fellowship and making common calls with others who were so treated. For you did sympathize and suffer along with those who were in prison and you bore cheerfully the plundering of your belongings and the uh, confiscation of your property and the knowledge and Consciousness that you yourself had a better and lasting possession. Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform, Paul's, I'm going to go back, for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. 
going back to those five points, be humble and gentle, being patient with each other. I know that was a lot, but the word says it does not go out and come back void. We are patient because God was patient with us, period. What does that mean, Pastor Wayne? How long are we supposed to be patient? What do we, well, listen, I could go on and on and on and I can break it down over and over and over or Like, study it. Like, when you start here, I promise, like that, remember that down there? It was like, Isaiah. And you're like, I was like, what? I don't want to be in Isaiah. And she said, that was a reference. That's what the Bible does. The Bible will take you from one place to another place so that you can have a deeper understanding of what it is you're thinking about or trying to be unified on. Or I can stand up here and I can go through, you know, the worship team, the fit team, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, being humble and gentle, being patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults. Colossians chapter 3. Yes, let's go. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones. That's very resemblant of the scripture in Ephesians where it's like, hey, follow your calling, right? Like, let's do this because God said so. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourselves, gentle ways, and patience, which is tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper." Be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if one has a difference, a grievance, or a complaint against another, readily parting each other. Even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive. And above all these, put on love and enfold yourselves with the bond of per perfectness, which binds Oh, there goes that binds, binds everything together completely in ideal harmony or, as it says in Ephesians, peace, right? I read that enough now. I know some of y'all got to be hearing the same thing I'm hearing. I read that like a thousand times over the last few weeks. <sighs> Making every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. I'm not going to read through all that again. But the same scripture applies there. The same scripture applied there. Building yourselves together, binding yourselves together with peace. That's the last one. That's the last point. 
something that was brought to my attention. You will notice that as you look through those five points, you see something. You see Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. What is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23? But... The fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which is present, or the, the work which his presence within accomplishes is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness. Whoa, there it is. Self-control or meekness and humility, right? Self-control, self-restraint. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. When we talk about unity, this series is meant to say to you, hey guys, let's look inside. Let's look into ourselves as a church. What could possibly cause division? Now, let's address that. But let's address it like this. Let's address it like this. And then as we move forward in the future, because another point was brought to me and I agreed. As long as there are unbelievers, as long as there are people, guests who come into our church, there will always be people who have different thoughts. So we have to revert to this on a regular basis. We. I can do this. I can preach this message over and over and over. You know, like I could have it set on a schedule once a year. I'm going to do this series. And that might not be a bad thing, right? But what if you preach this message through your actions, through your conversations, through your discussions? And every person that comes into this church, they see it being lived out. And they're like, oh, oh, I, I see there's a flow. There's a flow happening here. Let me, let me jump in on this flow. I like this flow. This flow is good. This flow it brings me stability. Like, this is, this is nice. I feel comforted. I feel like there's peace here. I feel like these people really do want to see me succeed. Why? I don't know. A number of different reasons. But it's because we're unified on some things. <clears throat> I'm going to read something that I read to you. A lack of unity. Now, after remember, after saying all of that, let's look at this. A lack of a lack of unity within a church can have a devastating effect on its outreach. If people look to the church and see fractious relationships, backbiting, and internal warfare, they will likely justifiably chalk it up as hip hypocrisy. They will leave. They will not want to be here. 
For many, it will confirm their worst suspicion about Christianity. If they see there's nothing special about the way Christ's followers interact with one another, they may question Christ's ability to change lives. Which brings me to this as I close. We are God's children. We are brothers, sis- we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are also disciples. We are also kingdom representatives. How do we know this? The word says, how do they know unless somebody preaches, right? And so God sent God gave gifts, the apostle, the preacher, the teacher, the evangelist. And these people were put here to build, to teach how to live this life out. That's my job. It's to teach you how to do the work of the ministry. But we have to be unified on that concept, right? So, Luke chapter 6 says this, verse 40 through 42. Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like their teacher. That's in reference to Jesus. I, may, I, will, I will never be Jesus, but I can be like him. That's the goal. That is each one of our goals. As the leader of this church, as the pastor of this church, there's no expectation for you to be me. You don't have to work the same hours I do. You don't have to have the same responsibility. You don't have to carry the weight like I do. But I do have an expectation that you will try to come and be like me as far as leading the church. You don't have to be just like me. You don't have to do everything I do. The worship team doesn't have to do everything Ben does. But we have to be unified on that. If we, if we don't, we are bound to see the fractious relationships backbiting in internal warfare over the smallest things. You don't have to like lights. But I, 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 as a leader of this church, put lights up here. That's what I felt to do. 
Are we unified on lights? You don't have to like them, but are you okay with us reaching people with lights? I'm not telling you to be a clone. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you you have to believe everything I do. There are certain things. Okay, you got to have a shirt on. You feel me? <laughs> like, there are certain things that just are what they are. But there are certain things that are up for discussion. Lights are up for discussion. That's why we had a service downstairs and without no lights. But if we can agree, if we can become unified, that lights don't, they don't matter enough that I'm going to leave the church. So I'm jumping in the flow with the lights and all. That's being unified. That is being unified. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49. This was one of the original notes. It says, so why do you keep calling me? Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and, the, and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. And the last thing I don't even know what scripture this is. I accidentally erased it, but you all will know. But before I say that, all of this Understanding unity, understanding that here we follow Christ. Here we follow the pastors. At home, we follow the parents. Those are, those are different spots. But the truth is, is that if you're here, we're all unified in some way, shape, or form under the big one. How you parent comes from that. How we run as a church comes from that, right? It trickles down. There are little things in between, and we have to figure out where we're unified and where we are not so that we know the expectation and so that we are not a house that gets hit and crumbles, but we're standing on a foundation And if we're going to do that, it starts with those five points. 
which brings me to this last scripture. Why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. That's tough scripture, but it's simply that. We are going to struggle as a church to do ministry if we can't unify on some very simple concepts. And they are simple. They may have layers, lots of layers, but they're simple. Let's bow our heads. <clears throat> Lord God, unity is uh, its kind of a big thing, God. And only you, only you can truly unify a people. God, you took a couple million Israelites and unified them enough so that they could move across a desert. And when they couldn't be unified on some very simple topics, processes, and whatever, they ended up circling for 40 years, going absolutely nowhere. But when they were able to unify, that's when they were able to cross over into the promised land. God, there's moment after moment in the Bible, in our history, where people have been unified and you have seen great things happen. And just like that, just a small thing happens causing division and it all falls apart. As, as simple as language, as simple as language, God, speaking, talking, how you talk, the understanding. Lord God, it can completely divide the most tight-knit situation. But God, you, you can wash all of that away. But God, it takes us, it takes us seeking you, allowing your word to wash over our minds, to clear our minds of every thought that we have, that we've bought up, every seed that's been planted that we allowed to be planted, allowing your word to give clarity to what you mean when you say your church should be unified. God, help us to hear that. Help us to see that. Give us clarity. Give us vision. Help us to see what that looks like. 
so that we can do the work of the ministry unhindered, undistracted. If there's anybody in here that doesn't know the Lord, your God, as your Savior, and you desire to, we want to pray with you. We want to stand with you and believe that God will meet you right where you are. You have to say your own prayer. You have to, in your heart, desire and believe that he died on the cross for your sins. But I can pray with you right now. This prayer is not your prayer. You pray what you need to pray for yourself. But if you need help and you don't know the words to say, then I want to pray with you. Lord God, meet this person wherever, wherever they're at in their desire to know you more, to understand what unity looks like. Maybe they've never had, maybe they've never been unified in, with family or, or a team or whatever, and, and they like the way it sounds. They want to be a part of something greater than themselves. Lord God, I pray that you would meet them where they're at and let your Holy Spirit fill them and bring them understanding. Draw them in closer to you today and let their lives be transformed and changed. Lord God, watch over us as we leave this place today. Keep us. Continue to minister to us, Lord God, on this topic of unity. Prepare our hearts to receive one more message from you on this topic. But Lord God, I pray right now, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would incite, just cause a crazy hunger in every person under the sound of my voice, that they would desire to read your word, to dig through it, and that they would take the time to sit down and really plunge into your word and search out your heart on unity so that they can be forever transformed and changed, not because Pastor Dwayne said it, but because your word said it, and they get it, and they understand it, and that they can apply it Teach it, preach it, live it. I just pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.